Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Well, we'll try again. Uh, welcome to Dilly Ding Dilly Dong, the Leicester Mercury's Leicester City podcast. We're doing it in a rather strange way today because I'm over here in Hong Kong covering the team in the Asia Trophy and I'm just waiting for my colleague James the Sharp End Sharp um, to come online and uh, join me in. We'll be discussing all the recent events and all the news coming out of Leicester City and it's all starting to gather pace now as the pre-season preparations continue. Uh, we're out here in Hong Kong, it's the second week, nearly the end of the second week of pre-season. It's been pretty intense out here. Uh, but the football has started at least, um, so they're up to uh, up to speed in terms of games now. Most of the lads have had 45 minutes in the first game against West Bromwich Albion on Wednesday night. And they're set for a, another game on uh, tomorrow night, um, our time, uh, in the afternoon over in England uh, against Liverpool in the final of the Asia Trophy after their penalty shootout uh, victory over West Bromwich Albion. I'll just uh, invite James to broadcast with me. Come online um, any time now and we can get the podcast underway. And there he is. Hello, James. <laughs> Hi, Rob. Great stuff. So great to see you, mate. Um, yeah, I'll just uh, give a little introduction there to the, to the guys. The football's finally started. We're over in, in Hong Kong. Um, but it's been, it's been okay for you guys back there because the times have all been. It's pretty easy to get to, to get to watch the games. It's in the middle of the day, isn't it? Yeah, it was. Um, it was eleven o'clockish on Wednesday, um, and then tomorrow it's about half past one, I think, our time. So it works out all right, actually, really. Um, but obviously, when you're we're up while you're uh, fast asleep. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm working nights over here. Um, so, yeah, just talking about the game uh, on Wednesday, what did you make of it? I mean, I've, I've already said publicly, I've done my own Facebook Live about you know, what I thought of the performances and, and Mares in particular. But what did you guys think? Um, obviously, it's very difficult to kind of get a sense of it when, it, when they're only playing about 45 minutes each. But um, I thought there were some quite, quite a few positives. Mares, obviously, the main one, um, showed really why his creative best and... And put himself a little bit in the shop window, didn't he? Really, um, but as Shakespeare said afterwards, it showed just why Leicester want to keep him because he created a lot. And when he went off in the second half, they didn't really create as much as when he was on the pitch. Um, and I thought there were quite a few standouts. I thought Matty James looked pretty handy in that first forty-five minutes for a, a long time away. He did brilliantly at Barnsley on loan. A couple of decent, couple of nice little passes and some good. Uh, Defensive work in there. Abora, I thought, looked good when he came on. He's he's a he's a unit, isn't he? I mean, he came on at the same time. As, well, he was all bright. He made all bright. He made all bright look like a child. Um, so he's a pretty big unit. Um, yeah, he is. It's good to see Harry Maguire. Um, it'll be it'll be a bit disappointed that he turned his back for the goal, but it was a good strike, wasn't it? Um, but all in all, I thought it was quite it was pretty decent. Um, good to see sort of the new faces and. And no injuries, which is always decent, because I know there were, there were three worries about the state of the pitch, wasn't there? Yeah, there was. I mean, in the, the build-up to um, this tournament, it's the rainy season in Hong Kong out here. It's not exactly the ideal time to be playing 
football. Um, and we had torrential downpours and thunderstorms all the way through to the morning of the game. And there was genuine concerns in the press conferences. Jurgen Klopp certainly voiced one, as well as Craig Shakespeare, that uh, the pitch was going to be incredibly heavy. And uh, I have to say, because Leicester played first, they got the best of it. it. It cut up quite a bit by the time Liverpool and Crystal Palace got on the pitch about an hour afterwards. So now Leicester are playing second uh, tomorrow because they're in the final against Liverpool. So it'll be interesting to see what the surface is like there. But I have to say, since we first arrived and it was chucking down, absolutely, I'm not some rain like it. It was, it was incredible. And Jurgen Klopp said in the um, press conference today that you know he's a German that works in England and he'd never seen rain like it. Uh, <laughs> but since then, it's dried up. So um, but fingers crossed the pitch will be OK. It'll be, certainly be playable. It's not the greatest surface in the world, for conducive for uh, passing football. But... Uh, you know, the players are, are, are making do. And uh, no, it'd, be, uh, it'd be interesting to see what it's like. Yeah, um, how, how have the players kind of been? I know you've been, you've spoken to a few of them. You've spoken to, have you, you've spoken to a couple of the new lads. How, how's everyone been there? Yeah, it's, um, it's an interesting video. Their philosophy, City have done it differently to the other three teams here. They've tried to stay as close to UK time as possible. Uh, I think they've, we're seven hours ahead here in Hong Kong. They've been operating on three hours ahead. So when we had the press conference at midday today, that was like breakfast for Casper Smichael and uh, Craig Shakespeare. And then they were going out for their morning session, forgive the pun, morning session in the afternoon, in the afternoon uh, today for their first session. Then they're having evening sessions as well. Two sessions a day training. Um, so Joe, uh, Tony Pulis and West Bromwich Albion have been doing three. He's really been putting his players through. I mean, some of them played 90 minutes on uh, a Wednesday against the Leicester. So... But uh, Leicester have been doing it a little bit different to everybody else out here. And uh, no, it's been, it's been good. We haven't seen a massive amount of the players. Um, we've uh, interviewed a couple. Um, I've got to speak to um, Andy King, uh, Christian Fuchs, Casper uh, Spiegel and Wes Morgan have been in the press conferences. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, they've been nice and relaxed. They're staying in the same hotel as Crystal Palace and uh, um, Albion. Uh, Liverpool staying on, at a different hotel. But it's a lovely hotel, nice and relaxed around there. The fans love them. They, when they first arrived, they went for a walk in the rain around, uh, around Hong Kong and they were getting mobbed and stopped for autographs and photos. So, but I have to say, they're not the big draw here. It is Liverpool, as you would have seen uh, on the telly. That whole, I don't know yeah. if it, they showed you, but the whole ground was red. Uh, and when Leicester kicked off against Albion, there was, uh, there was half full. We knew we were told the tickets were sold out. You couldn't get a ticket. But it was less than half full when they kicked off Leicester and Albion. But by the time the end of the game had come, all the Liverpool fans had arrived. And they were in their seats. And I think the ones that had turned up from the start were particularly enamoured with Mares because he was getting all the oohs and the ahs from the crags. They're very different sort of football fans than, uh, than the rest of us. I've got to ask you, James, what did you make of the penalty system? Um, I really liked it, actually. I thought it really worked. I know, I remember you, you said that you didn't have replays in the press box and you didn't have the little graphic that tells you how many goals have been scored. But well, no, it, was the, it was more the drink water penalty that we didn't know whether it had gone in or not because the crowd didn't react. Back home, if somebody scores a penalty or there's a moment like that, you know, you get a sense. So one end of the ground is going to be celebrating, one's not. But there wasn't anything like that. So we didn't know if it crossed the line or anything. So it was very confusing. Who, who was actually ahead? And we, we didn't know. Yeah, um, well, to be fair, on, the TV didn't really know either. Um, they didn't put the graphic up for a while uh, and they showed a couple of replays, but it clearly went over. But I thought it worked quite well, actually, um, because what, what it did was it, especially when it went to sudden death, it would shift the pressure. So it wasn't always the team kicking second that would have to score to stay in it. If the first team scored, it would shift between the two. 
So um, if West Brom would, had scored, then the pressure would go to Leicester. And then if Leicester had scored there too, then it would chip back. So I think it worked quite well. Obviously, it helps that Leicester won, so you're not going to complain about it too much. But I think as soon as people get get used to it, I think it, I think it will work because, um, especially with the graphic on the t- on the screen, it it worked quite well. I thought. Yeah, well, let's talk about some of the transfer news because obviously there's bits and bobs going on that I'm getting told out here. But obviously you guys are also back at uh, Mercury headquarters, keeping an eye on everything that's going on in the world wide web. Uh, that's regarding Leicester City now. Uh, Craig Shakespeare has confirmed today. Initially denied it, but he's confirmed today that Roma have had a bid uh, turned down for for Riyad Mahrez. And what's the chatter uh, about on Mahrez at the moment? Well, that tallies from what we've been told um, from a couple of uh, Italian journalists who have been in touch um, and corresponding with them. That tallies with what they've been saying, um, which is the news from the Roma side is that they had that initial bid rejected, believed to be about 23, uh, 23 million euros, which worked out about 20 million quid, which is way, way, is less than half what Leicester Value Mar is at. Um, but it seems like Roma um, are still are still interested. Um, from what we can gather, uh, Monchi, who's the sporting director at Roma, is in contact with Eduardo Massia, the uh, head of recruitment at Leicester. They, they know each other quite well. So they've been in contact. Um, and by the sounds that they're willing to up their valuation of Mares, there were reports of a, of a second big going of, of about, um, I think it's 30 million euros, which is still... Only about 26 million quid. Still only just over half what Leicester value Mara is at. So still pretty sure that Leicester won't let him go for that. But by the looks of it, Roma are, are keen on him. Um, from what we, what we gathered, the, the, they were telling us that the Roma manager didn't know really who Mares was um, until Monchi, the um, sporting director, confirmed him that he was a very good player and he should be someone that they should be looking at. So uh, they are keen on him. Um, it's a case now of whether Roma can meet Leicester's valuation, really. Um, but they've got to keep, they've got to go higher than thirty million euros because the money that's being spent around the Premier League at the minute and what Leicester value Mara is at, it's not going to get anywhere near that. Well, there was some sort of concerns amongst some of the media that Mares might down tools, that there might be an element of him thinking that uh, you know he's, he's said his piece, he wants to leave the club, and he weren't going to put the, the full effort in. Uh, if the club were rejecting bids for him. But there's been no hint of that. His performance of the night demonstrated that. And we spoke to Andy King after the game, and he said that uh, he said that and, uh, the Mahrez had been... There's no problem with him within the group. Mm. But uh, if he did uh, down tools in some way or didn't put in the effort, then there was enough lads there that would dig him out, he said, uh, and certainly uh, remind him of his responsibilities to the team. So whilst he's a Leicester City player, um, I don't think we're going to see... Mares um, spitting out the dummy uh, at any stage, and uh, and Shakespeare said something very similar today. So the ball's very much in Leicester City's court at the moment. Yeah, let's, uh, let's talk about some one of the other lads, Ian Atcho. I mean, uh, I mean, I, we've been talking to um, Shakespeare about him today, and he just said no comment. Um, we understand. We, we, we saw the Pep Guardiola um, quotes uh, saying that uh, he expects Ian Atcho to move in ten days. Is that right? Yeah, he did. He he was asked about Inacho. I think he didn't mention Leicester directly. Um, he was just talking more generally about it's Inacho's time to move on. And even though he's a great player, he needs to be playing more. And with the players that Man City have got, 
he just can't do that. So it's the right decision for him to move. Um, and so that should be done in about 10 days, which tallies with what kind of we understand about um, the delays over um, Ian Acho's move to do with his former agent and his current agent image rights and all that kind of stuff. Um, but it, does, it seems, though, that once that gets sorted, and as Guardiola hinted at, that, that move should get done, should get sorted. I, I imagine that will get done when they come back from Hong Kong, I, I guess. Um, that's all looking good. And also... Uh, West Ham and that, who were the other club that were meant to be rumoured into after Ian Acho, they signed um, Javier Hernandez, the former Manchester United striker, yesterday. So that's their striker role filled. So any kind of doubts over whether West Ham were hijacking that bid looks like that's not going to happen. As we've expected, it's just a case of waiting for the delays to finish and get it over the line. So taking Guardiola's quotes um, as read, it, it posit- seems positive that in actually should become a Leicester player sooner rather than later. We have had one signing come out here this week, Eldin Jakopovic, the goalkeeper from Hull City. His deal was done. He's, he was flown out for his medical. I think he was a little bit surprised to be flown all the way to Hong Kong for his medical, uh, especially because he's not going to play out here, but obviously important for him to bond quickly and, and mm-hmm. spend a bit of time with his new teammates. And uh, No surprises there, because that one's been on the cards for a while, hasn't it? Yeah, pretty much. Assuming uh, as soon as well, it was rumoured before Zila went, but then as soon as Zila went, um, then it was just a, a matter of time till they got another goalkeeper in. Um, that's good, I think. I mean, he's a goalkeeper that has been used to being a number two throughout his career. I know last season at Hull, he, he broke through and was by the end of it was that was the main man. But he's a goalkeeper that's kind of used to being a number two, and I think that he'll provide stiff competition for Schmeichel. Um, but will understand that Schmeichel is is the main man. I don't really think Zila did understand that when he came over here. I remember seeing some quotes from when he first joined saying, I'm I'm going to be challenging Schmeichel. I know goalkeepers will always say that. But he did feel like he thought he should be playing a little bit more or wanted to play a bit more and and wanted to move on to be number one, which is fair enough. I think Jakobovic will, will offer good competition. He's got lots of Premier League experience and performed really well. Um Hull conceded loads more goals when he wasn't in the side than when he was. Um, so it's good. I think it's a positive, it's a positive signing. I know Hull went went down, but Jakubovic wasn't wasn't anything to do that. He gave them hope of surviving more than anything. I think it's really positive. Um, and from obviously you've been there, we've not. But looking from the pictures and pictures of him chatting with Schmeichel, so it looks like it's not taking him long to kind of settle in and 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 get on with the lads. And I thought it was really interesting. I read your piece yesterday about him saying that lots of players from the Premier League were texting him to tell him to join Leicester because there's something special going on. I think that's quite that's nice things about Leicester, isn't it? Yeah, it's absolutely positive about Leicester. Uh, and it wasn't just uh, Harry Maguire who's obviously uh, trodden that path before him from Hall City to Leicester City. It was people that he knew around the game in the Premier League and uh, they've all been impressed with uh, the progress that the club's made and that's making them uh, an attractive target uh, attractive uh, proposition for potential transfer targets. Uh, uh, we know that uh, they're after a couple more players. Shakespeare's confirmed today in the press conference he wants at least a couple more to come in. Uh, one of those we believe they get, they're, well, they're definitely after another centre half, but the other one we believe is a, a player that can play in a number 10 role with um, Gilfie Sigurdsson uh, being the subject of an initial bid that's been rejected. City have not gone back in for him since, uh, but they've made a signing today of a player that in the future could be a potential Leicester City. Number 10. Harvey Barnes signing a four-year contract. Yeah, that's great news, isn't it? Um, 
I think he's a player that uh, everyone loves local lads coming through and he's a counter boy and he showed last season that he, he's got something special about him, isn't he? Um, he's about the only real positive that could be taken from that Porto defeat in the Champions League um, is that that was the first time Leicester fans saw him. Um, brilliant on loan at MK Dons. Um, brilliant for England in the Toulon tournament. He struck as an a, a example of when a young lad goes away, plays against men and performs well against men and in the league and shows that he's got it, comes back and plays against kids again in in the development squad and then in for the England in the under under twenties and and just shows that it comes easy to him then and I think. Leicester fans are, look, are excited to see more of him. And I think, judging from Shakespeare's quotes at the end of last season when he was frustrated that Barnes couldn't play after returning from his loan spell, it suggests that Shakespeare rates him very highly and obviously his new contract will show that the club have a lot of faith in him. Um, and he's definitely one for the future and one that fans are going to be excited to see. I know, I know I am. Well, that's a signing, but... Um... Let's talk about possible departures. I mean, there's a couple of players out here that have been linked with moves away. Uh, Ahmed Musa, who didn't get on. He wasn't one of the uh, the 20 outfield players to get pitch time on Wednesday. We'll see if he does um, tomorrow against Liverpool. But there was also this, a report in Lequeep, wasn't there, about Papi Mende and quotes attributed to his agent. Yeah, um, quite strong quotes, really. He's saying that, accusing Leicester of a lack of respect in the fact that Mendy wants to go back to France. Teams want in France want to take him, but they only want to take him on loan. But Leicester want to sell him permanently, but they want to recoup a lot of the was it thirteen million pounds that they spent for him. But clubs in France don't want to pay that. They'd rather loan him out. They'd rather loan him and then hopefully take him on a permanent later on. But Leicester don't want to do that, and so Mendy's agents getting frustrated that Leicester aren't letting him go out and play more. Um, play more games um, it is what it is I suppose I don't know how much and obviously his first season we didn't really see the best, the best of Papi Mendy because his whole season was blighted by an ankle injury but Leicester do have so many options in central midfield now especially with Matty James coming back that there's, I think he's got seven central midfielders to choose from if you're looking at Drinkwater Abora Ndidi King uh a Marty can play there. James coming back. He's inundated with central midfield players, so it would seem it would seem realistic for them to let Mendy go if he's not going to have a look in. But obviously, they want to sell him, and, and French teams want to loan him. So I, I don't know how that one's going to pan out. Did you have any kind of views on that? Mm. Well, I think it's inevitable he's going to have to leave the club. I mean, the club want to recoup as much money as they can for him. I think they're going to cut exactly. the losses on a couple of players. So if they can find a buyer. Uh, but the problem is, um, you know, the money they pay for him, there's not many clubs outside of England that can pay it. And they certainly won't pay it for a player that hardly played for a year. So it's a, it's a difficult situation and uh, it'll be interesting to see how that pans out. And uh, We're drawing to a close of this little tour on, uh, of Hong Kong. It's been quite interesting. Last year it was uh, Los Angeles. This year, Hong Kong. Complete contrast in terms of uh, the atmosphere, although equally as busy. I'll just go for the ones that are watching on Facebook Live. Just show you a little view from my... My bedroom window here and the hotel, looking across Hong Kong Bay. And, it's a pretty uh, decent view, isn't it? It's a pretty, yeah. We went up to um, the top of uh, 
of the mountain uh, a couple of days ago. Out, yeah, and we printed some, sent some pictures on social media of what it was, and it's a pretty busy place. Uh, it's a wash with these red and white Toyota taxis that go everywhere. And I have to say, they're mad drivers. I think uh, I think my, the, the Ian Stringer of BBC Radio Leicester made a point of saying that the one business you want to be out in and out here is um, replacing brake pads because they must go through a few sets a month uh, the way they brake suddenly. But uh, no, it's been an interesting experience. The players, uh, I asked Andy King if they were going to have any time to look around because they go all over the world and do, how much do they actually see these places? And he said very little. He said he's not here as a tourist. They're not here. Uh, to look around it, they're here to work, and uh, so it was either here or there. They've been doing the promotion everywhere as well for the Premier League because this is why they're over here. I mean, it's uh, not ideal to fly halfway around the world, and Jurgen Klopp and Craig Shakespeare have both said, said that themselves. But they're here to promote the brand, the Premier League, and of Leicester City, and they've done that certainly. And uh, I think they've gained a few more friends uh, over here as well. And I think there might be a few more Leicester City shirts in the crowd tomorrow. So, James, I'm looking forward to coming home in a couple of days. Uh, this is the all from, having uh, podcast. I'll, I'll sign off from Hong Kong, busy Hong Kong now, where it is now 10 past six in the evening. Um, so join us on the Mercury website and on our Facebook page for a live blog uh, from the uh, throughout the game uh, tomorrow. And uh, join us as well uh, for all the reaction and uh, our match reports and verdicts of the action in Hong Kong Stadium. See you later, James. And we'll see, see you all over time. See you soon. Cheers, pal.